2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Mercy isn't just God forgiving us of our sins when we were lost. Mercy is God keeping us after we're saved. God forgiving us after we do things wrong as Christians. But to me, one of the greater things that God does along the journey is illuminating our lives with the light of his word. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Let's listen to the servant of God as he, by the Spirit of God, is able to catch what was going on during that time frame, but also looking down through time for 2,000 years to see where we are today. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Now notice he makes this coming of the Lord Jesus two parts. The parousia, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. So we know we're talking about the rapture. His first advent was not our gathering unto him, but being saved. But this one is our gathering unto him. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I may like the Lord to help you tonight, open your heart to his word and... Amen. Lord Jesus, we know that anyone physically able to be able to pull back the pages of their Bible or to open up an iPad or an app on their phone and be able to go to this passage of Scripture. And if they have learned letters even since just a small child, they should be able to read what I have just read. But yet we know The Word is not like a dictionary. It's not like a newspaper. It's not like a website, an article, a publication. It's something so much different. In your Word contains past, present, and future. In your Word contains symbols, hidden mysteries, and truths. And yet you desired to have it written that way. We know one of the few times, Lord Jesus, that you was on the earth, that the scripture noted that you rejoiced as when you rejoiced and thanked the Father God that he had hid these things from the eyes of the wise and prudent. What a peculiar thing to rejoice over, seemingly. But those of us who have your mind today can rejoice about the same thing. We're so grateful that you have included us in the great program of God. As we endeavor, Lord Jesus, to look at that which has been and learn from the shadows, that we might be able to get a clearer view of what the future holds. Help us tonight, I pray. Lord Jesus, we open our hearts. If there's any sick among us, we ask you to heal them. We ask you, Father, for deliverance, whatever the saints need tonight. 
If there's a need here that lays outside of the confines of what I've studied, I pray help me to be sensitive, Lord, to go down that direction for a man, woman, boy, or girl. It may not be but five words. It may not be but a sentence. It might be for somebody in Norway, for somebody in France, somebody in New Zealand. But make me sensitive to that, Lord, that I can follow your leading. We commit the word, the reading of the word, the hearing of the word to you tonight. Listen through us, Father. Speak through us and live through us all, we ask. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's turn now to Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. <clears throat> we'll take this kind of like a teaching tonight, if you don't mind. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now remember that the book of Revelation is written in um, scriptural symbols, as was the book of Daniel. And in that, it takes, certainly takes divine understanding to be able to put it all together. We know that the, the Bible actually tells us that the Word of God must be rightly divided. Uh, we know that some preachers certainly know how to divide it, but there's a great difference in dividing it and rightly dividing it. You see, many people try to divide it. When they get done, it's cut up worse than an apple pie. It don't make no sense, and it don't taste good. But whenever it's rightly divided and put back together by the Spirit of God, it will never go contrary to what God has already said. For we know the Spirit and the bride and the prophet will all be saying the same thing. And what will they say? What's already been said in the Word. Now, we know whenever we say that, it, it does not just necessarily mean that the bride's going to be just quoting Scripture, quoting Scripture, the prophet just quoting Scripture. I'll, I'll maybe get to it tonight, but I'm not sure if you're aware of it or not, but Matthew was notorious, if I can say that word, for quoting what was supposed to be Scripture's what people would have imagined to be scriptures in his day. But actually, Matthew would take a part of Isaiah and he might merge it together with a part of Nahum or a part of Micah. And Matthew would quote it as if that was one passage of scripture. So you imagine the theologians in that day whenever they would try to check Matthew out and they couldn't find it. Well, we'll find here that Paul done exactly the same thing. Now, they were quoting the word, but not from a theological standpoint to where that a seminary would say, now, wait a minute, that verse don't go here, that verse goes there. And what's amazing is when Brother Branham would preach, Brother Branham would do exactly the same thing that Matthew did and the same thing that Paul did. As a matter of fact, Brother Branham would quote it and he would say, I, the Lord, have planted the seed, and I will water it day and night, lest any man should pluck it from my hand. Now, when you get time sometime, I'd like for you to sit down and do a little search for me and pull that up exactly that way. Or you can take my word for it. You won't find it. You know why? Brother Brandon was doing exactly like Matthew, exactly like Paul, exactly the way sometimes preachers still do in this day. 
But people with a theological frame of mind, they will think that when you're quoting scripture, that it's word verbatim, and then that verse comes here. But you see, the Spirit of God can take words and put them together. Now, this is, of course, what the book of Revelation, John, it was exactly the same way. The penman of the book, but yet the author of the book, it is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the Revelation of John. But here we see that we come back to what we was looking at last Wednesday night, and we, we know that we have a beast, which is a power. So we see this beast that is not coming up out of water, but he's coming up out of the earth. And we know that it is actually America. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He was not a lamb, but he had two horns like a lamb, which was actually symbolism of a buffalo. But John didn't know exactly what to call it. It was the same as Nahum saying that he saw the chariots as they were jostling one against another. Now, Brother Bram said actually when Nahum saw that, he was seeing on the outer drive of the city of Chicago. And it was actually cars as they was going back and forth and he saw their lights on the cars, but Nahum didn't know what to call them. So he called them what he identified was the fastest moving thing of that day and it was a chariot. So he would see them as they were going down the road and Nahum called them a chariot. So here John, he sees this symbolism and he said it was like a lamb, but he saw actually a buffalo. Now notice this in verse 12, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. So now we have a descending power that has come from the first power. So the first one of course is a dragon, which is Rome. And this one here actually exercises all the power as the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast. Now notice what this second beast is going to do. They are not actually going to bring worship to themselves. Now Americans are a strange lot. We're made up of Europeans, we're made up of Asians, we're made up of Africans, and the true Americans, we took their land from them. That was the Native Americans. Ain't none of us here tonight, more than likely Native, we're all immigrants one time or another. A lot of us are, are from Australia or Ireland or Scotland or wherever we're from, but we know what we did to the Native Americans and we're gonna have it done to us one of these days in recompense of our reward. Now, notice then what will happen is this, this power will never actually make an image unto itself. That will be left to the headship above it. But watch how the, the symbolism of this in verse 12. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. So this symbolism of the buffalo nation actually does not cause an image to be raised to itself but it will use its own power and its own authority to be able to be handiwork as it was in the hand of the first beast before it. And it will coax all the nations of the world, all the churches of the world to be able to worship the first beast. Now watch this. Them might dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. 
Now watch as Brother Branham reads this in the Mark of the Beast. He goes down and he reads this verse of Scripture. And then he says, look. Now let's jump down there. And he does great wonders. So to make him a fire come down out of heaven. Now listen the way a prophet interprets his Scripture. The atomic bomb. Can't you see why we needed a prophet to be able to take these verses of Scripture, which had been read for 2,000 years, and people would think, well, what's that false prophet going to do in the last days? Is he going to stand out there and call fire down out of heaven? And different theologians surmise to be this or that or the other, but God wanted you to know the truth of it. Now, you'll imagine this sermon was preached back in 1956, and the title of it is The Mark of the Beast. So he says, he does great wonders so to make him a fire come down out of heaven, the atomic bomb, and hydrogen. Smart, intelligent nation, and so forth, deceiving the nations by these things. So watch now whenever man breaks into the laboratory of God, that man found out how to divide an atom. And he knew to be able to understand certain things, but there was also things that man broke into that he released from the breaking of the atom, that man, the nuclear fallout, that man didn't know what to do. Now you know it as well as I do that they're producing tons and tons, metric tons as far as that goes, of all of this nuclear waste and they still don't know exactly what to do with it all. But when God divided an atom in the beginning and when God said, let there be light, whenever he divided it by his spoken word, there was no nuclear waste. But when man puts it and divides the proton and is able to go down through that and smash the atom, then by the releasing of that by science, you produce nuclear waste. When God did it by dividing it by his word, it produced light. That's the difference when God does it and when man does it. Now, what's this, what this power is going to do? Verse three, he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Now notice what this power is going to do. Now we know that of course Satan has a trinity. It will be through the move of the Antichrist and then it will be through the false prophet and then it will be the life phase which is the capstone of it which will be recognized as the beast. And the beast also has a wife. Yeah. The beast has a wife. As the beast in the Garden of Eden got to Adam's wife first and she became the wife of the beast by knowledge. He knew her first and that product of that, of that union produced what? An offspring with the mark of the beast on it. Now think of it. So the serpent with the, with the devil living inside of him was able to go to Eve and beat Adam there and by sowing his seed, it produced an offspring which was a hybrid, not in the original creation. Is that right? 
Then we know later that God identified, now you imagine that he was, according to the church age book, he was a mongrel, and he looked part human and part animal. So by his very image, by his very look, before God ever placed a mark on him after killing his brother, he already bore the image of the beast in his natural traits and characteristics. We can see by the type of temper and anger that he had. It was animalistic and not from the Son of God, Adam. Is that right? So he bore in his image, he bore in his behavior, he bore in his anatomy, he bore in his spiritual traits, what was it? The mark of the beast. So it was a beast at the beginning. Now remember, Brother Branham told us in Invisible Union and Jack Moore's church in 11, what was that, 1125, I believe, 65, whenever he said that he was gonna go back and preach on the trail of the serpent, and he said that he was gonna preach it at a beast from the beast beginning and a beast at the end. Now, Brother George Smith years ago made me a copy of those notes. I've got a, a copy of them today uh, of the, those notes that Brother Branham was going to preach from that on the trail of the serpent. Much of it was things that he had already preached, things that he preached and why we're not a denomination and serpent seed and so on. But he was bringing them more together. He said he was going to preach about four hours on it. But what we see then, it started with in the Garden of Eden with a beast power which was able to project his image upon a person that was sorta a human. And this person took on the traits of the image of the beast. How is it gonna close out in the last day? There will be a power that will raise up and the people on the earth that will bow the knee and receive the mark in their forehead and in their hand, they will be marked with this spiritual image. And according to Revelation 14, they will be cast into the lake of fire. And the vengeance of God will be so terrible against them. Let me tell you something, friend. You ought to be so grateful to God tonight that God has delivered you out of that denominational system. Watch this, now what will happen? That he deceiveth all them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now notice what this power is declaring in the earth, that the people of the earth should make an image to the beast. So then an image would be something that would be like it. Now it will not be identical, but the word here of course is icon, and it is something that will be similar. So what was Cain? Cain bore the image of the beast, but he also bore the image of his church mother. So Cain looked sort of like his church mother, but also like his serpent father. I hope you're hearing me. Now watch, so Eve, the mother church, gave birth to a byproduct which was a mixture of her egg and of this beast. Amen. So Cain was the first one to bear the image of the beast on the earth. Now watch this in the world is falling apart. 
If Rome is the mother of denomination and she is the beast and the mark of the beast, then they made an image unto it, the council. The churches all together make an image to the beast. So right straight back to the mark of the beast again, notice again, again, which means it's already been here at least once before. So we're going straight back to the image of the mark of the beast. Again, the system of the world, denominationalism, has brought up a system to bring the mark of the beast. Now listen, friend, I keep saying it to you again because Satan is trying his best to creep right inside of our message and pull a slick one on some of the message folks. And they're getting their eyes on socialism and they're getting their eyes on communism. And if you will check some of your so-called conservative news commentators that some of you all love so much and chase back what church they belong to, you might be surprised to find out who their loyalty is. It's mama. Fox News included. So why do you think, do you honestly think you can trust some of them when their mother is the whore of all? But you see, some folks pay more allegiance to that than they do ministers of the gospel preaching the word. And they're worried to death about Biden and they're worried to death about Kamala Harris and they're worried to death about AOC and whatever else. My friends, let's get our eyes on the word of God and get ready to leave this world. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm scared to death that Joe Biden's gonna pass away and she's gonna be president. Well, if that's the will of God, I say so be it. It means we are closer to going home than we ever saw possible. Amen. Now, notice what it will do. Look again in verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image. So America and the Confederation of Church, of course, all the churches will be the image of the beast. And the beast will then give it the power that it needs to be able to speak with great authority. And he had power to give life unto the image. So the image is actually Protestantism. Friends, I'm telling you, we're not near grateful enough. We're not near grateful enough. Oh, you're thankful that God delivered you from smoking and God delivered you from drinking and God delivered you from, you know, many of those things out there. There oughtn't to be a week goes by in your life that you don't thank God that you're not part of that horse system. But Brother Donnie, I've got loved ones in that thing. You pray with all of your heart, God will set them free from that. And he had power to give life unto the image. Now, not to the beast, but unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, watch this power as it ties from the dragon to the image of the beast, and the image of the beast will give her voice. This is why it's so important that you understand this, that the image of the beast will be the mouth. Lord, children, can't you see what Satan is doing? He's mirroring exactly what he sees God doing. What is God doing? God is
is not making an image of the beast, but God has a church in the earth, a body, a bride, and God gave her the power to speak. And what does she speak? Worship him. Don't you see what does Satan's wife say? Satan's wife will say to the world, worship him. Him who? The man of sin, the son of perdition. And who does the real bride say worship? Jesus Christ. And she will not say he's one of the gods. He's the only God. Amen. Why? Because the Lord Jesus gives his bride a mouse and he gives her authority to speak in his name and she has thus saith the Lord. Is that what he said? So what is Satan doing? Satan now has his wife. He don't want to just do it himself. He wants to empower his wife and have his wife speak on his behalf. Why? He's just seen what God's done. Watch this in the Thyatira Church Age. This is from the Church Age book. In Revelation 13, 14, we learn that the beast spreads his influence through the image that was built for him. Now watch this. Isn't this something, this selfish being that we see down through time that has wanted so much about himself to be personified, but now he wants someone else in the second person to speak on his behalf. Where did he get this at? He got it from God through 2,000 years of church ages and he's just saw the last utterance of God on the earth in the form of a Gentile bride insomuch that the very word of God coming out of the ministry's mouths has created a rapturing face to empower the saints of God and many of those that are alive, they receive that rapturing face and their bodies were changed. He saw others of them and they had went back beyond acids and gases and molecules and all of a sudden they begin to appear on the earth seemingly out of nowhere and Satan said, if God can do that, I want to do the same thing. Well, I got news for the devil. He can't resurrect a peach. He can't resurrect an ant, much less a man or woman that's been dead for thousands of years. But the Lord Jesus puts the voice of resurrection in his bride so Satan and says, I want my wife to praise me. I want my wife to speak on my behalf. I'm just glad I ain't married to him. Ain't you? We learned that the beast spreads his influence through the image that was built for him. How beautiful, how beautiful. Why? That's what the Lord Jesus did. How has the gospel been spread? Oh, Brother Donnie, by books and tapes. And tell me, how did they get there? And once they got to Nigeria, and once the books arrived in Chad, and once the tapes arrived in Morocco, and once they arrived in Rome, did they cut themselves out of the box? Did they clear themselves out of customs? Did they, did they sprout legs on them little tapes and them little tapes started going out all over the world to the predestinated seed? 
Come on, saints. No, it was men ordained of God, men with burdens to go out and spread this message. Hallelujah. Why? Because that is the way God started it. God started his church the way he wanted it, and he will end his church the way he started it. He did not start it on tapes, and he ain't going to end it on tapes. Whether or not you like preachers, that's up to you. You settle that with God. But God would have absolutely broke and changed his own nature to start it with men and end up with tapes only. Well, hallelujah. Oh my. Notice, so he will strengthen his kingdom to the voice of the image. The image that is made is a worldwide ecumenical council. But look, friends, do we see and hear a whole lot about the ecumenical council now? Do we hear much about it? No. And what have a lot of our message folks got their eyes on? That lioness on the anthill. And she wore a purple dress and she was, you know, she's a socialist and she's this and that and the other. Just a decoy. And people are scared to death. You better be looking around the grass because that's the lines that's after your heart. Hallelujah. Notice wherein all the organized churches will get together with the Roman Catholics and they are doing it even now. It is quite possible this union will come in order to stop the power of communism. Friends, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. This is just Donnie Reagan, one and one, okay? I wouldn't be a bit surprised if before we get in too long into our president's term, he's declared unfit to be president of the United States. More than likely, it was already talked about, planned out. They knew she could not be Trump, but they thought Biden could, but only use him as just a figurehead. Why is she calling Netanyahu? Why is she calling Justin Trudeau? Why is she calling the prime minister of Norway? Why is she calling all these things? It has never been done in presidential history. Why? They're getting her ready. Well, that about makes me feel like shouting. Well, if she's the one, I don't know if she was the one that the prophet of God saw in the vision, but if she was, I say a big old hallelujah because that means we are getting close to going home time. Amen. And if they are grooming Kamala to take over the president of the United States, the Lord Jesus must be grooming his bride to be able to get ready before long to walk down streets of gold. Hallelujah to God. Because if that's the hour we are living in, it will move with such rapidity, the prophecies will go to stacking up one after the other. It will be like a whirlwind of the end time, which means let's make everything right with God. Let's not even wait till tomorrow. Let's not wait till Sunday. Let's do it right now while you're sitting in your pew. If you ain't right with God, confess your sin. Let the Lord God fill you with the Holy Ghost while you're sitting there tonight hearing the word. While we're hearing the mark of the beast, let the mark of God, the seal of the Holy Ghost, drop right down in your soul and fill you to the all hallelujah till there's no room for the world. There's no room for carnality. 
Watch how this prophet parallels this. But since communism, like Nebuchadnezzar, has been raised up to burn the flesh of the harlot, Rome will be overcome and destroyed. I find this amazing, this next line. Take note that everywhere the Romish church went, communism followed. Have y'all ever noticed when Brother Branham goes to a dinner fighting about Russia, anybody ever found a quote where he said U-S-S-R? Now, isn't it amazing that what we feared years ago during the Reagan days and before Reagan and Gorbachev, before they began to fall apart, who would have ever thought USSR would ever break apart? But yet, Brother Bram never said USSR, but Russia. Watch Russia. Russia is her prophetic name, not USSR. No matter how much they change it. Now, listen to me. No matter how much they call it Confederation of Church of Christ and the Assembly of God and the Baptists and the Methodists and whatever more, that's not what God calls them. Well, praise the Lord. That's not what God calls them. God saw that the USSR one day would crumble, but Russia will remain. Remember, Russia will annihilate the Vatican. That's right. Notice it has to be that way. And let me warn you now. Don't get thinking communism is your only enemy. No, sir. It is the Catholic Church also and even more so. But how many of our message preachers even preach this part anymore? I imagine Satan is tickled to death because we're some of the very few that even understood it. But now we're too busy, of course, going this way and that way and preaching, you know, whatever more to even make mention of it anymore. So our people are so focused on this and so focused on that. Oh, my, help us, Lord. The false church groups will come together in a world council of churches. This world council of churches is the image erected to the beast. Now remember, it was imperial pagan Rome that fell by the sword, but she was healed of her death stroke when she joined to the nominal Christian church of Rome and incorporated paganism and Christianity. And there became, thereby became the Holy Roman Empire, which was to endure until Jesus came and destroyed her. Now that's what Jesus thinks about it. But Rome is not going it alone. Her daughters are right with her. And she will take over absolute authority. How? By the World Council of Churches. Not AOC, not Biden. The World Council of Churches. The ecumenical move will end up with Rome at the head. Even though the people did not envision it that way. Of course. You think all of the Baptist folks around here, all the Methodist Church of God, Pentecost, and whatever they are, do you think they believe that their church in the ecumenical council is the image of the beast? You remember years ago when they first started putting barcodes on your M&Ms and your Reese's and pinto beans and you know your cornbread yellow cornbread mix you used to buy and people were scared to death that barcode was the mark of the beast 
They're scared to death, some of them now, to take the COVID shot because Bill Gates has figured out a way to inject a tube in that vaccine and inject a secret code inside of you and they'll scan you. I want to be scanned, all right, not by a computer, but by the Holy Ghost. And people are looking at it every day. How many did you pass on your way to church tonight that was images of the beast? Do we fear them? Of course not. Some of the message people are backsliding and going to them. Well, thank you, Jesus. I never did really want to be a martyr, but I might wind up being one day. Notice this. This ecumenical move will end up with Rome at its head, even though the people did not envision it. This way. This is so because in Revelation 17, 3 to 6, it states that the whore, Mystery Babylon, is seated on the beast. She is controlling the last or fourth empire. This Roman church is doing that with the world church system under her Rome will be controlling. The world church system under her Rome will be controlling. And this image church system will be obedient to Rome because Rome controls the gold of the world. Now I wonder, friends, where in the world we're getting all this money to be able to pass this great big old bill which we just passed. Reckon where in the world we're getting all that money? Oh, we're just standing up there printing it out. Just print it and print it and print it and print it. Who's going to pay all this? Who's going to pay all this? Don't you see what it's doing? Sinking us deeper and deeper and deeper in debt. Hope you don't get mad at me. Some of them politicians in the White House are anointed to bring this nation to her knees. They are anointed with their policies and with their thinking to bring us to the place of debt to when this prophecy will be fulfilled. Mama. Thus all the people have to belong to the world church system or be at the mercy of the elements. For they cannot buy or sell without the mark of the beast in their hand or head. This mark in the head means, notice, they will have to take the doctrine of the world church system, which is Trinitarianism. Isn't it amazing? So you can still absolutely deny the popish way of worship, but you still take that image when you believe in three gods or two. There's some of the folks in the message that took the mark of the beast too because they've got two lords. It's blasphemy against God. They're blaspheming his name. They're blaspheming his character. There's only two classes of people. The prophet said in the last days, those that are sealed with the spirit of God and those who have the mark of the beast. Now, can't you see there's identifications of the image that bears from the beast, but the image doesn't look exactly like the beast. Look at the beast whore. Why, my, you'd never find some of these good old Southern Baptist preachers getting up there in the pulpit and having the people to come by and kiss his finger. You'd never find some of them teaching some of the same stuff that many of the Roman dogma is. They don't have to teach it all. They have the image. The image of what? Blasphemous ideology of the Godhead. If the greatest revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, what's the greatest blasphemy? 
and people are looking for something to scan. I, I seen a video not long ago that somebody had sent me, and it was from one of the European nations, very much excelled in the scientific research and so on, and it was a man showing that they have already injected little chips right under, right under your skin. So this man no longer needed a cell phone, he no longer needed a wallet, he no longer needed a driver's license, social security number, anything at all. He would just come right up, put his hand right under it, it was a newscast, so you could see the, the machines that operated, it showed exactly who that man was, his social security number, what day he was born, where his address was, and if you move from that address to another, you just go to the database and you put in all of your information, it reminds him of his wife's birthday, reminds him of his child's birthday, and it's actually under his arm, and whenever, under the skin of his hand. Whenever he would actually scan that, a red light would come on right there under his skin. Now, they were saying, well, this will be so much better because we can keep up with everybody. And if anybody gets lost out in the woods, we've got a scanner and a helicopter and the scanner flying over, flies over where they are and if they're skiing on the Alps and they get lost, we can find them. Now, I guarantee you one thing, some of the folks in this world, they'd die before that ever let something like that happen to them and they go to the very image itself. And they sat right there and they give their souls, they give their bodies, they give their money. And that's not what they envision because their pastor preaches against the Catholic Church every now and then. And they think, don't you identify me as no Catholic. I ain't no Catholic, but how many gods do you believe in? And if you say three, you are Catholic. Praise God, we're free. <laughs> Praise God, we're free. We're not just free from the beast, we're free from the image. That's why, my friends, I will not take it. I will not accept that. I don't care what great teacher rises up in the message, how many times he was with Brother Branham or whatever more. Any man that tries to introduce more than one Lord, one God, and one Father of us all, he is a liar and a false prophet. And he's anointed of the same antichrist spirit of Catholicism. My advice to you, sir, is turn your computer off for the next 60 days because you're going to get bombarded. <laughs> now watch this, the mark in their head means they will have to take the doctrine of the world church system, which is Trinitarianism. The mark in the hand, now listen how simple it is, means to do the will of the world church. It's not a chip. It's not a barcode, but they receive it in their minds and they do the will of the church. And they have the mark in their forehead and in their hand, which is what they do. You see, feet are represented in the Bible as the way you live and the way you walk. Tongue, mouth, represented by the way you talk and converse. Hands are represented in the Bible and what you do and you bring your body in motion. So they receive the mark of the beast in their forehead by accepting Trinitarianism and in their hand because they carry out the will of the church. Amen. Just like we carry out the will of our Heavenly Father. Amen. So we ain't got the mark of the beast. We got the mark of God. Amen. Now watch, but before the Antichrist in person takes over this complete world system of churches, 
the true church will be taken away from this world to be with the Lord. God will catch away his bride for the great marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Oh, that's why I say, friend, oh, Brother Donnie, I'm so scared to death. Don't be afraid, little children. Don't you worry. All oh, the power of the devil will certainly hate you, and he'll try to raise up against you. But don't worry, little children. Oh, my, they're talking about all these saucers and all this stuff going on. Don't you understand? The first 65 days of this new year, there have been more earthquakes around the world than has ever been recorded in history since they've been keeping such records. Don't you see? the earth is shaking the Pacific Rim and all the rest of them is shaking and quivering and tsunamis what is it it's just about time to give birth to a bride hallelujah it's just about time to give birth to a body change and a rapture for the elect of God and the earth is shaking and trembling she's moaning oh she's having birth pains this time she ain't gonna give birth to Abraham she ain't gonna give birth to Isaac She's going to give birth, and out of her bowels will come the saints' bodies. Glory to God. Glory to God. Notice this in the spoken words, original seed. All right, I predict that the two denominational groups, Pentecostal and evangelical groups, will work together in a denomination when they're not themselves together and will become a member, all of them, of the Federation of the Council of Churches. Notice this, of Council of Churches or the Council of Churches, they're already doing it, all of them. And there will come through them a forcing or a boycott. That'll stop everything but what belongs to that union of churches. The Bible said there would be a boycott. Even to such a way it would cause people not to buy or sell unless they'd received this mark of the beast. Read it, friends. Which is AOC? Biden? Romanism. And the image of the beast is Protestantism. I honestly don't know how it could be made any plainer. The beast had power, authority to give the image, Protestantism, life, to speak. And it did. And that's the confederation of churches when they confederate themselves together. Now watch this again in Revelation 13, 16. And he calls us all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. So now notice what we have. We have a power which has spread from the pauper, middle class, upper class, all the way to the ultimate rich. Now watch how John writes this. Causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor. Can you imagine what a spectrum of people this covers? Let me tell you how many. Everybody on the face of the earth. Except for the foolish virgin and the 144,000, and of course Moses and Elijah. To receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark 
or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Mm -hmm. So this power will tie in to the economies of the world. So it won't just be in control of Italy. It won't be just in control of, of Europe. But it will tie into the economies of the world. The world. Entire the world. Entire world. Amen. Notice this in the Philadelphian church. The ecumenical move that was started on what seems such a beautiful and blessed principle. Fulfilling Christ's prayer that we all might be one become so strong. Ah. Now tell me what in the world is a church doing involved in politics? Now if the Lord tarries for a couple of more years and we come up to 2022, you watch. They've already started doing it. You watch the churches and you watch a lot of the different ones. They're already rallying to try to take the house back again. They've only like five seats being able to flip it. And you watch the preachers, you watch the churches, you watch the politics, and you watch how that they will begin to push. Now, they cannot actually force their people to vote a certain way because if they do, they lose their 501c3. The Internal Revenue watches, and the Internal Revenue listens to services. And if they catch you promoting a certain politician, they will strip you of your tax-exempt status. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that, did you? Oh, yeah. They've got more authority. Listen to me, friend. They've got more authority than what we'd ever want to believe. And they can do it. And yet preachers have learned how to do it in such a way that they're not actually getting in trouble, that they won't forfeit it. These are some of the same men that will work under the framework of the Antichrist move. Lord. Notice this. It will become so strong politically that she bears pressure. You gotta be kidding. Bears pressure on the government. You mean the churches will have such pressure to pressure the government to cause all to join with her either directly or through adherence to principles enacted into law. Now, let's just be real honest tonight, shall we? The women in this day of the liberation movement, they're not wanting to be equal with men. They're wanting to be superior to men. The homosexuals are not wanting equal rights. They're wanting superior rights. Transgender, the whole thing. They are not wanting equal rights. That's done been proven. Come on, saints. They want rights to where they come and ask me to marry them. And I refuse. And our senators and our Congress are now looking at passing such a horrible thing that if I or a priest or a rabbi refuses to unite them, our church can be shut down. That's not equal rights. That's more than you've got. But as it was in the days of Sodom, Thus shall it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. Oh my. Notice this, so that no people will be recognized as actual churches. 
unless direct or indirect domination of this council. Little groups will lose charters, privileges, etc., until they lose all property and spiritual rights with the people. Oh, Brother Donnie, so does that mean they get this building and the new one? There you have it. And the payment with it, as far as I'm concerned. When he gets this close, Brother Jeremy, it won't matter no more. We'll be so close to the chains, Brother Rob. Oh, you say, I'll be so scared, I'll be so scared. You will not be. You take my word for it as your pastor, as God anointed that first church age to walk up there and lay down their lives, and he anointed the second church age and the third church age, he will anoint us to stand until the very moment, and they may come right up to our door, and they say, we're gonna kill you and you and you and you, and all of a sudden, we disappear right before them, and they can't find us no more. God will anoint us the same way he anointed our brothers and our sisters, hallelujah, because we have become the very mouthpiece of God to speak his words. Oh my, for example, right now, unless the local ministerial association approves, in many, if not most cities, one cannot rent a building for religious services. Do you understand that many preachers cannot go into a jail or a prison unless they have a minister's license? I know that's true because I send them to them. I was set up years ago in Kentucky whenever I got to 501c3 in Kentucky and I got it set up so I'd be able to license ministers. I'm not sure exactly why I even did it then, but I'm glad I did because I've sent them in different parts of the world because they cannot go into prisons, they cannot go into jails, some of them cannot go into nursing homes without having a, a license, a minister's license that verifies they are called to preach. And what's amazing is I've sent them to Ron Spencer, to his son, to brothers in Africa, everywhere else, but I don't have one. <laughs> How can I license myself? <laughs> True. Why? They want some organization to recognize you. Don't you understand when we got ready to borrow money on our facility over there, they had wet feet? Why? We wasn't an organization. Them little independent churches, you never know what they're gonna do. You never know what they're gonna preach. Of course. It's that control they love. But you can imagine if we was a denomination tonight, me and Carol would be packing our bags by about five o'clock in the morning. I'd be sending on one side of Interstate 26 going east and she'd be on the other side going west. We'll work for food. Why? The organization had put us out. But since our headquarters is in heaven, it ain't gonna put us out, it's gonna pull us out. <laughs> Glory to God! Notice, oh my, one cannot rent a building for religious services to become chaplains in the armed services and hospitals, etc. It is now almost mandatory to be recognized as acceptable to the Trinitarian ecumenical groups. As this pressure increases, and it will, and it will be harder to resist, for to resist is to lose privilege. And so many will be tempted to go along for they will feel it is better to serve God publicly in the framework of this organization than not to serve God at all publicly. 
So what if time tarries long enough and we get our new facility gun and we get in there and boy, we go to enjoying that thing and man, we have some great dedication services and we go to using the fellowship hall and eating and having meals together and fellowship and wearing our no shirts and somebody shows up at the door one day and said, you shut up. You stop this. We're going to arrest you. You're offensive. You're hard. You're harsh. You're mean. And you have no license. Now, you see, a weakling would say, oh, we, we, we just got moved in. We can't, we can't shut down now. I mean, we just got in after all this work and all this labor. And what, what do I have to do? You've got to join this allegiance. You've got to pack this mark of the beast in your wallet. I think you all know me well enough to know what I'll do, right? We'll meet in your house, we'll meet in your house, and we'll meet in your house, and we'll meet in Brother Ben Davis's building up there, and we'll clean out a converter shed, and we'll do this and that and the other. We will never compromise. We will never sell out our Lord Jesus. Our brothers and sisters give the life of this. I would be a coward to sell him out. But can't you see, friends, what so many will do? In the time of the tribulation period, they'll look at it and say, well, really, it's not that bad. I mean, I already believe in the Trinity anyway, and I'm already in part of this organization, and I've got this license, and, you know, I mean, really, I, I want to be a light for Christ. And I want to do this, and I don't, all we've got to do is just join this allegiance, and we get to keep our church and basically keep our liberties and, and all that sort of thing. Really? You think that's liberty, do you? Oh, my but they err. Listen to this statement. To believe the devil's lie is to serve Satan. Amen. Lord, children, to believe the devil's lie is to serve Satan, even though you may want to call him Jehovah. Dear God, So people are actually worshiping the devil, calling him Jehovah. Or the New Testament version, Jesus. Lord God. But the elect will not be deceived. Furthermore, the elect will not only be kept, but as this move becomes the image erected to the beast, the saints will be gone in the rapture. I don't know exactly where that transition time is, but I know before this image is fully erected and before it comes out of her and goes into him, amen, we'll come out of here and go into him. Don't you understand what a parallel this is? What's the Lord Jesus going to do with the bride? He's going to call us out of this world and we go into him. When we go up, the devil comes down and then it changes from his church. Oh my, it changes from his church to him and it comes from just a weak looking image to the very power of the image itself and it'll be too late to turn back. Oh my. And this little delightful, winsome movement that started out in fellowship at Ephesus will become the monster 
of Satan that defies and deceives the whole world. Let me tell you something, friends. Folks that have sat in message churches around the world, and now some of them are wondering if Brother Branham was even a prophet of God. To me, they'll be some of the first ones that'll go for this move. If they are that ignorant... I was sitting early this morning with my phone, and I've got the message on there, and I typed in a few words, name and number. And I was looking here on these things about the beast, but as I began to look down through those quotes, boy, did I have some surprises. I never had done a search like that before with those words, so whenever I saw one come up and it was name and number, and it would say, your name is John so-and-so. You live in house number 1332, North so-and-so street that sits on the corner of so-and-so street and so-and-so street in the city of so-and-so. And I looked at another one and said, your name is Lucy, whatever it was, and you live on 335 North Radon Street. And you live in such and such and so and so. I thought, oh my goodness. And people are wondering if this is a prophet or not. If you're wondering, you stand and do the same tonight. Jesus said, you won't receive me, but one will come in his own name and you will receive him. You see, many will turn down this genuine prophet of God, but they will accept this one right here. Thank God we've been liberated, friends. Oh, my. Notice this monster, dear God. For the church system of the Roman Catholic and the Protestant in coming together will control the whole wealth of the world system and force the whole earth into its religious trap or will kill them by refusing them the privilege of buying and selling whereby they would make a living. Is it any wonder that the Pope said just a few weeks ago that he felt like the church needed to be more involved in commerce? Well, of course. It would probably shock us tonight, Brother West, if we knew how much they own. It would probably shock us. It would shock you if you knew how much the Mormon church owned what companies and what corporations and things that they own. The Catholic Church, what they look at their tie to Nazism, look at their tie to Hitler, direct ties. And what did they do to them? Nothing. Why? They have exempt status. Oh, Brother Donnie, nobody touches them. I beg to differ with you. There's a bomb with her name wrote on it. This will be accomplished simply for the harlot's daughters are all but gone back to her. In the meantime, Rome has acquired nearly all the supplies of gold. The Jews have the bonds and all the paper. At the right time, the harlot will destroy the present day money system by calling in all the paper. So you got a million dollars in the bank. When this happens, guess what you'll have? You've got houses and lands and you've got this and that. And I've got so many stocks on the stock exchange and tell me, what will it be worth when they change the system? Can't you see what it'll do? In a moment, friends, in a moment like that, it'll be changed. And everybody, everybody around the world, they'll have no money. 
all their wealth, all their status, it'll all be captured. It's happening now. No doubt the mechanics, don't you understand? The mechanics of a lot of this stuff is going on behind the scenes right now. Satan knows his hour is close. The head demon is already on the earth. The powers of Satan already here working on the right people in the right place. But so is God. So is God. God's got the right people in the right place. He's got the right God called men and they're anointed by the Holy Ghost and their voice will not be stopped in the last day. Oh my, my. At the right time, the heart will destroy the present day money system by calling on all the paper and demanding gold. With no gold, the system falls. The Jews will be trapped and come into alliance and the harlot church will take over the whole world. Revelation 13, 17, that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Watch this in the first seal. The rich merchants of the earth hold it then there's only one thing to do. The Catholic Church can pay it off. He's talking about her debt. She's the only one that's got the money. She can do it and she will do it. And in doing this to get it, she'll compromise with the Jews and make a covenant. And when she makes this covenant with the Jews, now remember I'm taking this from the scriptures. Now when she does this and makes this covenant, we notice in Daniel 8, 23 and 25, he will cause craft to prosper, and craft is manufacturing. So if you don't have his mark, you can't work. Can't you see what unions are? Now, so I'm not saying it's a sin or wrong to belong to a union, but it's already a foreshadowing. It's a foreshadowing. Remember they asked the prophet that in question and answers. It is a foreshadowing of that uniting power. Look, they don't have to have laws to shut people up. They can try to shut you up on Facebook. They can try to shut you up with all types of social pressure. We've done been there and know that. We know what that's like. And they try to boycott you. And some of those in the message try to boycott preachers by using quotes and making it look like that any man that preaches instead of playing a tape is trying to exalt himself above the prophet and use pressure to boycott the ministry to shut them up. Well, hallelujah. Don't you understand? Same spirit of the old whore. Dear Jesus. Hmm. And he makes this covenant with the Jews in the midst of the three and a half years and he breaks his covenant as soon as he gets the thing wrapped up and he gets the money of the Jews tied up. Now when he gets the money all under control, then he'll break this covenant with the Jews as Daniel said here he would do it in the midst of the last half of the 70 weeks of Daniel and then brother, what will he do? He will have all the world trade and the commerce of pact with the world because he will hold the wealth of the word completely and during that time, about the time he thinks, man, I've got this thing sewed up and all of a sudden here comes Moses and Elijah. Man, you talking about messing up party time. Whoa, 
Here the devil has waited for thousands of years to do this. And who shows up? Two of the wildest. Two of the most uncontrollable prophets of the whole scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. It ain't a priest and some type of pope. It is Moses and Elijah. Brother, I'll tell you, God knows who to send for the hour, don't he? And the devil saying, boy, he's got everything tied up. And the pope thinks he's got it all tied up. And here comes Moses and Elijah. They call fire out of heaven. They cause it to rain. They cause lightning to come down. And Satan said, I want to do a joy my honeymoon with my wife. And Moses says, take this. And Elijah said, take this. Hallelujah. Why? Because God's still in control. Glory. Glory to God. And during that time, them two prophets will rise on the scene and call that 144,000. That will take place in the mark of the beast. Revelation 13 will set in because he holds all the commerce, trade, everything of the world. And what will take place in the mark of the beast will come in that no man can buy or sell except him that has the mark of the beast. Oh, glory. Thank God the church will be enjoying a great three and a half years in glory. Don't have to go through that. Brother Donnie, I'm not sure I'll be strong enough to withstand the mark of the beast. You're the bride of Christ. You don't have to worry about no mark of the beast. Don't you understand? You've already refused the mark right now. You've already took your stand. You've refused Trinitarianism. You've refused, you've refused the whole thing. You said, no, I refute such a thing. I will not believe any such thing. Whenever you took on the name of your husband in, in baptism and you said, I accept Jesus Christ, he's not only the Savior, he's not only the way, the truth, and the life. Any denomination can accept that. But you accept him as your God. You accept him as your husband. You accept him as the Almighty, the first and the last. He will which was and shall come. Amen. There is no God beside me. He said, I know none. Hallelujah. And when you accepted the word, what happened to you? You received his mark. Glory to God. And your soul was sealed to the day of your redemption. And you bore in your soul the spiritual image, not of the son of perdition, but the son of man. Let's stand. Oh my, he says, the church will be called away. The word that was actually used whenever the bridegroom would go to the bride's house, the bride's father's house, to get her. One of the words that was used was, he stole her away. So he would come and snatch the bride. Caught up or catch up. That's what Brother Ben said about Elijah and Elisha. One was caught up and the other was catch up. Not like you use on your taters. Jesus was caught up and we're going to be catch up. <laughs> and when it's called away, notice how it's so timed with you. And when it's called away, the church, the bride, then he changes his self from Antichrist now. Oh my, the church, the great church, now he becomes the, the beast 
And listen, I, it so touches my heart when I hear Brother Ben say this next statement. I wish I could make people see that. I wished I could make them. Did you notice he didn't say, I wish I could help them see it. But I wish I could make them. Why would he say such a thing? Because he could read over here in the back of the book and find out what's going to happen to those who receive the mark of the beast. There is no forgiveness. When John saw it in Revelation 14, he didn't say because they smoke cigarettes and because they run the red light and they smoke marijuana, but because they had the mark of the beast on them, he would cast them into that lake of fire and they would be tormented day and night. And while this is going on, look how they contrast it, which John did a lot in the book of Revelation. So while they have no rest day nor night, that's all the bride has is rest. And she has neither day or night. She's entered into eternity. Praise God. Praise God. Now watch this. Three stages, he says. First stage is called Antichrist. Second stage, he's called false prophet. Third stage, he's called the beast. We've had to deal with him in stage one. I'm not sure how far we'll go in in stage two, but I know for sure we won't be here when his third pull arrives. Because we've already been identified with the word third pull. And you see, if we can see the third pull, It'll be the climax of that third pull to pull you out of this world. You will be the consummation or the closing of that third pull. It will pull you out of this world. Watch that seven. That was the finish. That was the coming of the Lord. No one knew that was the minute or the hour that Christ would come. As he revealed it to us. Birds. Clouds. Birds. Then angels. Third pull. What is the third pull? He says opening of the word. Revealing of those seven seals. One of these days the church is going to find her name written here. In the time of the tribulation period. I trust we found ours written in the Lamb's book already. Praise God. Don't you love him, saints? Okay, studying this for the last several weeks, it just made me so grateful to God. I never was in a denominational system, and I say that only by the grace of God. I was in different independent churches, and some of them independent ones had denominational control written all over them. But for some of you that are standing here tonight, you were in those systems. And no doubt, you never envisioned when you were there what the end result that this would be, become this monster in the last day. It's just like sin. You start out doing this little tiny thing that seems so small and insignificant. And it's like a serpent. And it gets bigger and stronger until it wraps around you and you cannot get away from it. This is the way this system will be. It will wrap around the politicians, the world leaders. It will wrap around preachers. It will wrap around the churches until it pulls the entire world together. There has never been a move like it since the dawn of time. 
The Germans couldn't take over the whole world. Romans couldn't take over the whole world under Constantine. But now they have the ability to capture the entire planet Earth. John didn't even know anything about television. But he said they'll raise up and kill them, two prophets. And they'll allow their bodies to lay in the streets of that city called Sodom in Egypt. Spiritually called Sodom in Egypt, which is what? Jerusalem. Isn't it amazing? God would call that that. So you see how God looks at things and how people call it two different things. And yet the people of the world will rejoice. That wouldn't even have been possible in John's day. Can you imagine how long it took for news to travel around the world that Moses and Elijah was dead? He was prophesying an advanced 21st century. And however long it'll go, the people of the world will see them. CNN will be right there. Fox News will be right there. It'll come out when they kill Moses and Elijah and they'll lay their bodies in the streets. You imagine whenever the spirit of life enters back into them and CNN's got their camera right on them and Moses raises from the dead and Elijah raises from the dead. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I I don't know how to thank you enough. If it wasn't for your grace, that name out there on that sign could say First Baptist or Church of God, a prophecy, apostolic or whatever more. Lord, you know better than we all do. There are some good people in those churches. Good people. And many of them, no doubt, will be the ones that will give their lives. Some of the people, they'll see it. They'll see what it's leading into, and they'll come out of that before it goes into him. And they'll be hunted down like dogs. Oh, Lord, thank you for your grace to us, Jesus. Thank you for opening our understanding, Lord. Not only do I thank you for helping us to see that, I thank you for helping us to see some of them same denominational spirits right around our message. Oh yeah, same organizational spirit. They called it Two Soul. They called it Seven Thunder. They called it Perusia. They called it Tape Only. It ain't nothing but another spiritual whore. That's all it is. Organizational spirit that's moved right inside this message. Brother Bram said it would never make an organization, but he never said the spirit wouldn't be here. As a matter of fact, he tells us in 1965, right there at the Branham Tabernacle when he preached it, that one was worshiping by revelation of the Word of God and the other one was worshiping by science and education. And he said, both of those spirits are right in this building this morning. Branham Tabernacle. And he said, one day this tabernacle will lose its strength. Oh God. Keep us free of denomination, Lord. Help me, Lord God, if somewhere down the road I'd ever get something in my mind to start something, take me from the earth if you have to. If I'm so hard-headed and so stubborn, you can't take me and correct me by the word, take your whip to me, Lord. Please help me never to lead your children to some type of man-made system. Lord, I want to be One that will raise my finger toward heaven and point them to you. 
were not here tonight, Lord God, to point them even to Brother Branham to be baptized in his name or take his name or pray in his name. Nonsense. There's only one name given whereby we must be saved and it's the name of Jesus Christ. We gladly have taken your name in baptism. I have called your name and cast out devils. I have called your name and watched you heal tumors. I've called your name and watched you straighten out cross eyes. I've called your name and I would dare son, to use my name or Brother Darrell's name or Brother Wes or Brother Branham or Paul or Peter. I would never do such a thing because there's only one name by which demons bow to and that's the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you tonight, Jesus. We bless your name. Help us, Father, that we'll always stand. We, let me speak for myself. I don't know exactly how long we'll be here as these things start moving into that cycle. But however long it is, I know you'll give us strength. You'll give us courage. You may allow us to see just, just the very fringes of such a thing. I don't know. But I'm not worried because you've always anointed your people to be ready for whatever challenge would come their way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and mercy to us tonight. We've enjoyed being in your presence. Oh, I took a big sigh before church, and Carol said, you okay? I said, yeah, I just got some things to preach tonight. I don't look forward to preaching. But, Lord, it's got to be spoke. Thank you for the truth, Lord Jesus. Thank you for making us free, Lord God. May we always be free, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Lord. We worship you tonight, Father. Can we just raise our hands in the presence of the King? Aren't you glad, friend, that the truth has made you free and you don't pray to the Father to a while and then to the Son in a while, as I've told you before, that I used to do when I was a child, when I first got saved. I'd pray to the Father, then I'd pray to the Son, then I'd pray to the Holy Ghost, and then I'd go back to the Son, then I'd go back to the Father, and then I'd get confused in my prayer and I didn't want to leave one of them out and I wanted to give them equal time oh I'm so glad today glory to God that I'm free from that heathenism that's what it was praise God praise God but when I call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I'm calling on the almighty God for the Lord Jesus Christ was the human body of the invisible God. Now unto the King, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be power and dominion and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Can we just take a few minutes before we go? I know you kids have got school and you got to work tomorrow, but let's just take a few minutes before we go. And let's just worship him a little bit. Oh my, think of it. Before the mark of the beast ever settles on the earth in full strength, the seal of God has been here for 2,000 years. Since the day of Pentecost, God's been sealing his with the mark of the word of God. Sealing people's souls until the day of their redemption. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hey, sing something for us. So let's just worship just a little bit now. Think of it, friends. Some of you standing right here tonight used to wear that brand of a denomination. Used to wear that title of a denomination. Praise God. 
And you know, according to the book of Leviticus, that a high priest could not marry a woman that had been touched by another man. It was forbidden for the high priest to take even the wife of another priest. Now, the regular priest, the Levitical order, he could marry a priest. If a priest had a wife and the priest died, another priest could marry that wife. It was a natural order, not the high priest. The high priest could only marry a virgin, and it had to be from his own people. (laughs) His own people. Can you imagine then how in the world would the Lord God ever bring us to a state that he could honestly say we had never been married before? Part of you had to die. And another part of you, which was never married, had to be quickened to life. And that seed in you truly was a virgin and never was married to Satan. Don't you understand? Your predestinated seed was never married. Your soul, your spirit, your body, your mouth, your mind, your intelligence, everything about you in the natural birth was married to Satan. But God, amen. God put that representation of himself in there and Satan was not able to unite himself to that seed even though it was in its dormant stage. So your old nature died. Your spirit died or the nature of your spirit rather died. Your attitude died. Your behavior died. How in the world is God going to say you was never married to it in the first place? You never sinned in the first place. Oh, well, well, he just forgive it and put it out of his mind. No, it was not just that. It was actually that that part of you was never married. It was a virgin. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him in the rain. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank God. Thank you, Jesus. For the light. Oh, Jesus, we worship you tonight. We bless your name. Thank you for this lighthouse, this great truth, Lord God. Jesus you made manifest, Lord. And from the rocks of sin, He has shown this light around me that I Pete Lawson, I think the prayer request was already turned in, but his son and daughter stand here tonight. Brother Pete has been having a tremendous amount of pain in his back. Uh, the most, it's the worst that it's ever been. Nothing is helping. And it looks like he's facing another back surgery again. We believe our Lord Jesus when he was on the earth. Maybe this is the worst pain that Brother Pete's ever experienced in his back. But I can guarantee you we can go to a whipping post and we can see someone with their arms tied up like this so the tension would be so tight in his muscles. And they took that cat of nine tails and they drug across his back and they tore the shreds of meat, chips of bone and muscle and sinew, whatever more, out of his back. And the Lord Jesus experienced that so that our brother could be healed. 
If God chooses surgery, we have no problem with that. But all I know is our brother needs help. Will you join me together with his son and daughter? Lord Jesus, I pray for my brother tonight, Lord. Dear God, you see that he's dealt with this situation in his back, and he's suffered so much with it, Lord. We bring our brother before you tonight. I know there's other people here in the church who's had different back issues as well. So I'm sure they can pray with a feeling of sincerity. But I don't just bring these people that's had back problems. I come to you. I remind you of your humanity. When that Roman soldier must have pulled that whip back and with all of his might, as they would flick the wrist in that certain way, and as they did it, they would pull that strips of meat. And Isaiah looked at you by vision, and he said his visage was so marred, it didn't even look like a man. When they got done with you, your back would have looked like ground-up hamburger so that we could be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the Spirit of God go to our brother tonight. Father, we're limited, but you're not. In the name of Jesus, I send your word to him, Father God. Touch our brother. You see what's going on, Lord. Whether it's nerves or whether it's disc or whatever it is, Lord. May the Spirit of God come down right now where our brother is. In the name of Jesus Christ, bring healing, Lord. Touch him. As believers, we join our faith together. In the name of Jesus Christ, bring it to pass, Lord. We believe you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There's a lighthouse. On a hillside that old when I'm tossed, it sends out a light, a light that I might see, and the light that shines. In darkest night will safely lead me on if it wasn't for that lighthouse my ship would sail no more and I
around us they say tear that message lighthouse down they say the big ships don't sail by this way anymore there's no use in it standing around oh but then my mind goes back to that stormy night when just in time i saw the light the light from that old lighthouse it still stands there on the hill and i thank god for the lighthouse i owe my life to him oh, oh jesus jesus you're our lighthouse lord and you're the manifested word for this age you'd already been a wreck if it hadn't been for the lighthouse of the end time. Let me give you another example. Probably a lot of you know it. But in a lot of the rivers in the United States and Canada, which has thousands and thousands of rivers, especially on the east side, but these captains which operate these ocean vessels carry cargo and all kinds of things but when they go to maneuvering and working their way up through some of these rivers, you know who they get to do it? They get what is called a pilot. Now, they will contact the man, and he's already in preparation. Now, this man, this captain, has brought this tons and tons of cargo, maybe from China, from wherever it's been. Sail the stormy seas. Been through all kinds of things. But he doesn't know them last little places of the journey up through them rivers. So he gets, and they still call him this to this day, a pilot. And it will be a local man. Now maybe this local man has never brought a ship across the Atlantic or the Pacific. That's not his specialty. His specialty is the last few miles to the point of delivery. And there's rocks, and there's all kinds of things. So the wise old pilot, and I've seen some of them. Here they come, and there'll be the captain in his hat, you know, and all of his uniforms and this and that, and, and the, the pilot will step on maybe with tennis shoes on, and he'll have a little briefcase, and it may look like a redneck. And they turn millions of dollars worth of a ship and millions of dollars more of cargo over into the hands of that man. And the captain can rest. 
Well, that's the way we are. Our life, we take it in our own hands sometimes. And we say, I can do this and that and the other. The sooner we turn it over to the wise old pilot, the better off we'll be. I'm going to tell you something, children. You may be able to go a long way by yourself, but you'll never be able to finish these few last fjords of your journey without the wise old pilot. And I know one thing for sure. If I have to go by the way of death, there's only one pilot that I know knows the way through all these things. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And the reason is the wise old pilot is on board. But you see, if I was going to have to do it myself, why does it, this, these captains do this? They don't know all them outcroppings. They don't know how the tide comes in, this brackish water, the, the fresh water mixing with the salt water. And it does funny. It does funny even when the moon changes its phases, first, second, third, and fourth quarter. And this pilot lives there. He lives there. He knows that water like the back of his hand. So this captain is more than happy to go down and drink a cup of coffee, eat him a honey bun or whatever more, and let this wise old pilot maneuver ball shoes and all. Hey, it don't matter if he ain't got on no necktie, if he's got on an old cotton t-shirt, whatever. It don't make no difference. He's been there and done that. I've never been to heaven. I have no problem in getting behind a wise old pilot prophet. He said, all the folks in this age think, oh, I don't need no prophet. Oh, I don't need no prophet. Well, you're fixing to go for a wreck. But you see, the real people of God have no problem in getting behind a wise old pilot prophet that has done been to heaven and back. I don't know how many times he was carried up into the supernatural realm, talked to the angels, raised people from the dead, so on and so on and so on and so on. So lots of things I ain't never done and never will do. So I have no problem in just following that wise old pilot. If he says, don't do this, I may not understand it, but he's been there and done that. I haven't. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, Brother Joel. God bless you, saints. Service Sunday. Happy to be in church tonight. God bless you. Let's sing higher ground as we go tonight. Did you enjoy that tonight? The word. Amen. Well, I'm pressing on. The upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying that I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. Have faith on
just sing it as you go tonight. Remember the services this weekend. Heaven's table a higher plane than I found. Lord, plant my foot on higher ground. I want to live above the world. No Satan's darts and me are heard. For faith has called the joyful sound. Song of Satan, all.